0: Instant Reaction Podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs here with you in what is not an instant reaction, but for branding purposes, for continuity purposes. I'm still calling it an instant reaction, even though we're about 18 hours removed from the biggest Hawkeye victory in many of our lives, 23 to 20 over Penn State, number three Iowa, number four Penn State. Don't get used to that number three for very long because that's going to change later this afternoon when the AP puts out their poll, and the Hawkeyes jump over Alabama, who lost to Texas A and M, and get into the number two spot. Ah, I. I uh, so, uh, apologies for not having an instant reaction last night. Uh, decided to go and enjoy the game. Went to a bar with my wife and some friends and just had a good time uh, in a sea of Hawkeye fans. You know, I typically, I'm the kind of guy who sits on my couch and watches alone. Um, You know, maybe my wife will will be there watching with me, maybe my kids, uh, but rarely even like friends or anything, just because I... I'm emotional during games, and uh, I don't like other people messing with my <laughs> emotions. Uh, but I, I felt like yesterday was such a big game. I really just wanted to be with Hawkeye fans. Like I wanted, I, I, I had a good feeling about yesterday. I felt like I was going to win, and if that happened, and when that happened, I wanted to be in a place. Scream. Scream and shout and cheer and high-five and hug and just like have a good time and and like really celebrate it And so that's what I did and I'm so glad I did it We had a really good time had a good night And uh, that is why your instant reaction podcast is now a delayed reaction podcast But the good thing about that is it gives me an opportunity to talk about a little more than just the game because I don't know if you guys have seen it yet, but uh, Penn State fans They're not happy online and college football uh, some college football, you know, analysts, talking heads, whatever you want to call them, fans for sure, um, can't quite wrap their head around this Iowa Hawkeye team, and that's okay. They don't have to, because I was on the verge of doing something that I didn't know was possible, and I'll preface this entire podcast by saying, of course, there's still a lot of work to be done. Uh. I'm sure Kirk Ferentz would want me to say the only thing Iowa has done so far is win six games. That's it, right? They have six more to go in the regular season. Hopefully a seventh in Indianapolis and hopefully an eighth and a ninth in the college football playoff. But So a lot can happen between now and then, right? I understand that. I know you understand that. Let's put that aside for a second and and embrace this, because for the first time in my conscious life, the Iowa Hawkeyes are a legitimate national college football power. They've been ranked highly before, obviously. They've gone undefeated in the regular season before. That's the, uh, the oven beeping there. They've almost gone undefeated in the regular season before. Uh while we'll we'll get to that when we talk about Penn State fans, you know, claiming that this victory doesn't mean anything because of Sean Clifford. Uh Ricky Stanzi, if you're listening, you gotta warm up for uh the second half against Northwestern, because games where your starting quarterback gets injured don't count. Uh and we get to replay those. So I'm hoping that Iowa fans across the state, across the world, are going to be able to get into like the, the headspace that I've found myself in, which is I'm not going to be defensive about this. I'm not going to have my defenses up. I'm not going to be worried about potential pitfalls. I know that none of the next six games are gimmies. All six of those teams are going to come in and really try to knock off a, a really good team, a top five team. For a team having a bad season, like Purdue, or Wisconsin, or Minnesota, beating Iowa this year could be the feather in your cap. You can play the spoiler. For a team like Nebraska, who seems to be getting better, but continues to fall short, I think that's going to be an interesting game. I think we all do on Black Friday in Lincoln. None of these are gimmies, but Iowa should win them all. And honestly, Iowa probably should win the Big Ten Championship. This team is that good. They are. They're not perfect. Um, there are things to fix. There, are, There is room to grow. And there are potential injuries and other things like that, you know, sitting out there over the next six weeks, seven weeks, for sure. But as we sit here today, Iowa is legitimately the number two team in the country based on resume, based on what they've done, based on a defense unlike like we've we've never seen. 16 interceptions based on special teams that is just incredibly solid, elite punting, solid field goal kicking, good tackling, good coverage, good returns, smart returns, and then an offense that takes the opportunities you give it. Again, the offense isn't great it's not perfect no team is perfect. We saw a and m an unranked a and m team beat a bama team that we all thought was pretty close to perfect last night so but so so this team is this is legitimate and I think you're gonna feel some of that from some people. I've already seen some writers and things start to downplay I was schedule or the fact that Sean Clifford got hurt or you know yada 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 whatever it is that's okay we don't need them right they they have no impact on what happens uh, this team is going to stay together and i i mean i'm i'm all in i think that i think i was going to win the next 6 games and go to indianapolis as maybe even a favorite over a one loss penn state ohio state Maybe an undefeated Michigan or Michigan State to win a Big Ten championship. I think it's going to happen. I do. What happens from there, who knows? You know, it's why they play the games. Anything could happen. Do I think Iowa can beat Georgia or Alabama on a neutral field? Eh, probably not. I think they'd trounce Cincinnati. Um, but. But would I like to see it, yeah, absolutely, and I think we might, and I did not think that was possible again, even though we were that that close just a few years ago, for whatever reason this feels different. This feels more legitimate now, no nine had they beaten Northwestern going into that Ohio State game. I feel like we would have that I feel like that felt legitimate too, but he there there it is injuries right that those things happen. Sometimes you're a good Penn State team having a good season. You play a good quarter and a half, then your quarterback gets hurt. And for the rest of your your life as a fan, you remember that game. That's how I feel about that Northwestern game. I'm sure it's how most of you feel as well. That's football, man. That's football. So let's really embrace this as, as Hawkeye fans. I mean, who knows when this is going to happen again, if it's going to happen again for Kirk Ferentz to have this going in his 23rd season is remarkable. Enjoy it. I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, let's look at the game just a little bit, uh, go through some, some of the stats. Of course, Iowa won 23-20, to 20, a big comeback. uh n- Penn State just scored three points after Sean Clifford went down. Taquan Roberson was not ready for primetime. He was not ready for that game, and that offense uh, was not ready to, to work with him. And while that's too bad for Sean Clifford and too bad for Penn State, uh, it's also you know a, a, an indictment of the preparation of a backup quarterback. Um, it just is what it is. I mean, a football team isn't just the 22 guys who start on offense and defense. The football team is the 80-some scholarship players and how they all fit within that team. Uh, Iowa had an injury to Riley Moss. Now, that's not the same, obviously, as a quarterback being hurt, especially a quarterback having a good day. But you have to overcome injury. And it's not like he got hurt by an Ohio State player. It was Jack Campbell that hurt him. And it was a clean play. It was a clean hit. He wasn't trying to hurt him. But you get your ribs broken by one of the best linebackers in the country. That's not a fluke, right? That's, that's part of the game. So it'd be silly for me to sit here and pretend that the outcome of the game would have, or the game would have played out exactly as it did had Sean Clifford stayed in the game. But it would also be silly to assume that if Sean Clifford had stayed in the game, there was no way Iowa was going to come back and win. Iowa's defense settles in and adjusts. Would they have been able to adjust to Sean Clifford? I don't know. I bet they would have picked him off a couple more times. I mean, he th- had thrown two interceptions and no touchdowns. He had run the ball for a touchdown and, and run 36 yards. That's, that's pretty good. Three carries, 36 yards. But... Iowa's was defense was settling in, I was offense, you know, felt like they were I mean they had just marched down for that that touchdown in the second quarter. It was 17 to 10 when Sean Clifford did not retake the field and the game ended at that point. It was just a matter of could I get up to enough points, right? Could I was score enough? Cuz Penn State wasn't going to score much. They got 3 3 points in the second half. And Taquan Robinson, Rob Roberson, I'm sorry. I have a feeling I'll know that name in a couple of years, right? Like when you're Penn State and your quarterback goes out, you know, you got a four or five star kid coming in. And how many times have we seen a backup quarterback come in and start to tear Iowa apart? I mean, how we saw Oklahoma do it yesterday, put in a backup quarterback, bench Spencer Rattler, come back and beat Texas. In, in the, the Capital One Bowl, the Tate to Holloway, one of the reasons that was uh, that play was needed in a game that Iowa had dominated the first half of was because Jamarcus Russell came in for LSU, this kid nobody had heard of, and led them back to a what seemed to be a game-winning touchdown. So, I, I mean, Taquan Robert, Roberson has played football before, didn't look like it much of the time last night, and that, that was not really his fault. That offensive line started to fall apart the crowd at kinnick and if you were there man what a moment like what a what a time to be there it looked so great on tv it sounded so great uh, really really represented us well so thank you but the the impact the crowd had down in that north end zone three straight false starts they had something like six false starts right i mean they ended up with 10 penalties for 59 yards penn state did i would just four penalties for 42 yards And much of that was caused by the Iowa fan base and the kind of disheveled nature of the Penn State defense or offense in the second half. Penn State defense came to play, man. That's a good team. We're built a lot the same, Iowa and Penn State. They've recruited better athletes probably, but uh, we've put it together a little better than they have. Penn State's last two losses have come to Iowa. That's kind of fun. They'd won nine in a row coming into this game. But anyway, Sean Clifford a good game 15 to 25 146 yards two picks and again ran that touchdown in um, I think Iowa would have been able to continue to get to him and, and slow that offense down I think if he had stayed in Penn State probably does break the 24 or fewer points scored streak I think Iowa has now held 28 straight teams to under 25 points which is incredible especially considering Penn State had 17 in the first half um so Roberson comes in, he goes 7 to 21, 34 yards. He also threw two interceptions. Uh he ran the ball ten times for 27 yards. A lot of that was just scrambling and trying to make something happen. Um here's how inept that offense became. <laughs> Iowa knelt the ball without with too much time to kneel the ball, to kneel the clock out. Iowa couldn't run the clock out, and yet they knelt on the ball and punted back because they know We've got a great punter who's going to bury them inside the 10. And there's no way that this offense is going to march 90 yards in 40 seconds without a timeout and score on us. And this defense doesn't give up fluke big broken plays. Not very often. It's it's rare you're going to throw a Hail Mary type play or, or have a you know busted coverage type play against this Hawkeye defense. So that's how dominant our defense was and that's how much Kirk Ferentz trusts this defense and the, these special teams maybe that shows how much he doesn't trust the offense or or his son Brian to make the right call there but uh, I you know, I, I would have just handed the ball to Goodson a couple of times tried to get a first down and, and been done with it but there's a reason he's uh, about to be Big Ten Coach of the Year for like a fourth or fifth time and I'm sitting here in my kitchen doing a podcast uh, um, Spencer Petrus, 17 to 31, 195 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. The interception was bad. It was a bad time. It was a, a bad throw. I I was when it bounced off the hands, you know, seeing it live, I was about to tweet something like, man, we give him crap. But, you know, if he if these guys don't help him at all. But then, you know, on the replay, it was clear that ball was hard and high and uh, just a, a bad decision. He was one of nine to start the game with like 14 yards and a pick. It was it was brutal. He came back the way he kind of... Uh, and he's he's been like this through the 12-game winning streak, right? Which he has now led Iowa in a 12-game winning streak. Um, he stays cool, calm, and collected for the most part. Like, he, he is... He can have a bad start. He can have bad quarters. He can have a bad half. He can have three bad quarters and... Still come in and, and make the throw to Nico Regani that you needed to make. Big ups to Regani, Keegan Johnson, and Charlie Jones for just making plays. I mean, taking a, a, a slightly successful offensive play and making it a game breaker. Big time. Tyler Goodson had 88 yards, he had 25 carries along a 20. Uh, Ivory Kelly Martin had 15 yards five carries you know Goodson there were times where they really kind of started to gash that Penn State defense but just wasn't able to make it consistent enough Um, man Sean Clifford was Penn State's leading rusher with 36 yards holy cow I didn't even know that Kayvon Lee had 30 yards, 10 carries for 30 yards. Noah Kane, who had that touchdown early, and, and we knew him from a couple of years ago. Eight carries for 15 yards. Holy cow, we stuffed their run. Receiving, Jahan Dotson had eight catches for 48 yards and a couple of you know nice n- nice athletic plays. It, it felt like there was a chance he could break something at some point, but his long was just 12. Uh, he did not have a, a big day uh, obviously, um, Nico Regani, four catches, 73 yards, that one touchdown, of course, the touchdown. I mean, I've heard, I think John Miller was saying like a top five play in Kinnick stadium history. I think that's probably right. And just the, the emotion of it, right. It was very similar to that 2015 big 10 championship game where like, it's like, okay, if we can have a long drive or even if we don't score here, we may get the ball back. And then it's like first play, boom, long touchdown, you know, good night. Obviously, this game ended a little better than that one. Um, Keegan Johnson, two catches for 45 yards. And, again, just the strength of that one, the, the little sideline route that he broke a tackle, cut it back in. I mean, he caught that ball in, like, the 50 and got tackled inside the 10. That should not have been a 40-yard play, and it was him, and that's a freshman. Uh, Lachey had a couple of nice catches. Tyler Goodson out of the backfield. Arlen Bruce, two catches for 11 yards. Charlie Jones had three for 13. Um and, yeah, made some athletic moves as well. Defensively, Jack Campbell with nine tackles and a quarterback hurry. Um, Ellis Brooks for Penn State had 14 tackles. He Penn State's defense, man, that's, they are legit. That's a really, really good defense. It took Iowa a long time to be able to kind of penetrate that. Um, and then, of course, Iowa's interceptions, four interceptions. He had Riley Moss, who... Kirk Ferrance was optimistic about his injury. I was not because of the non contact nature of it. Um, hopefully, we'll get good things from Riley Moss. It'd be nice to not lose him for an extended amount of time. Uh, Justin Jacobs with the pick on the first offensive play of the game for Penn State. What a huge play. What a huge turn of events. I mean, and even though you only got three out of that, you know, you, you intercept the ball inside the 10. You feel like you should score a touchdown. You should. But Penn State's got a really good defense, and that's one of their strengths is not letting teams score touchdowns in the red zone. They they force field goals in the red zone. And so to get three points, I mean, that's the difference in the game. It's a long game. Uh, Jack Kerner, the pick in the end zone, that was great. And then Matt Hankins, uh, the pick later on in the game. Four interceptions, 16 total for the Hawkeyes. Pick university is what we are. Let's get to uh, Caleb Shudak, who had three field goals, along a long 48, two extra points. It was just solid. I mean, he just – we don't talk much about him. We don't talk about him in the way that we've talked about some other Hawkeye kickers. We fall in love with the kicker a lot because we kick we kick a lot, right? We, we Field goals are important to the Iowa offense. They always have been and they always will be under Kirk Ferentz. We're not a high-scoring team. The field goals are important. We don't talk much about Caleb Shudak. He gets overshadowed by Charlie Jones and Tory Taylor, who we talk a lot about when we talk special teams. And rightfully so. Those are two fantastic guys. But Caleb Shudak, just a great game. Uh, uh, you have him, and, and we had him. And we felt good about it. I mean, you know, they line up for a field goal. You feel good about it. That's really the, what you can ask for from a kicker. And then Tori Taylor. Holy cow. 398 yards of punting. He had nine punts, a long of 53, and I think six inside the 20. A handful inside the 10. That first punt that just bounced on the one and came backwards, that's it's magical. That's artistic. It's incredible. He had just a great game, and that was so huge. We really needed that out of him. Some of the team stats, both teams had 18 first downs. Iowa had about 20 more yards total 305 to 287 on the day about 15 more passing about five more rushing pretty even on all those things not even on penalties as I mentioned earlier 10 of 59 uh, 10 penalties for 59 yards for Penn State Four penalties for 42 yards for the Hawkeyes and then of course the turnover battle which I mean, doubt it all you want. Say it's luck. Say whatever you want. Say that Iowa can't keep doing it. We've heard that every game, that Iowa can't keep doing this. And now they're averaging two and a half interceptions, more than that, per game. They have to be averaging three turnovers a game. Four turnovers in this one. Four interceptions. It's incredible. This defense is elite, and this team is really, really good. So up next for the Hawkeyes, the number two, I'm just assuming, will be ranked number two, Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, You're home against Purdue on Saturday afternoon. That's a 2.30 kick. I'm going to be in Kinnick Stadium for that, and I'm excited. Um, My wife and I haven't been able to get over to Kinnick very often together, and we've been there a lot separately, but we haven't been there too often together just a couple of times and really never one like like next week where we – have no responsibilities we are staying in the area so we're not driving back so like we're really excited to uh to really have a, a fun saturday in iowa city so uh, i'll be hitting up people on twitter later this week to you know invite me to your tailgate i want to come see some of you guys say what's up uh have a beer and celebrate what i really am starting to feel like is what well, is i mean it is special seasons right but could it be the special season could it be the one where maybe they don't win a national championship, but they play for one, win an outright Big Ten championship? I think these things are clearly on the table, and I think that's where our expectations as fans should be. It's it's okay to feel like that. I like I, I have to fight against it a little bit too. There's a part of me wants to be like, well, hold on. At Wisconsin, at Northwestern, I mean, Purdue's always tough. David Bell is still, still a dude. Uh, at Nebraska that last game, I mean, you know that – Illinois is going to come in wanting to to pick off the Hawkeyes. That's the thing. Everybody's going to want to, to do this. This is, as I said earlier, a like resume-building win if you're able to get it for any of these teams. But I'm not going there. I'm fighting against that. I was winning these next six games. They're going to go 6-0 and in the Big Ten West, and they're going to ride high into Indianapolis in December against whoever comes out of the East, and the East is going to be a bit of a gauntlet. And so whoever comes out of there, maybe a little battered, maybe a little bruised. We'll see. This is, uh, I, I tweeted something like Iowa is on the verge of doing something I never thought they'd do. I really feel like that. And I'm, you know, it's going to hurt either way if they lose. So I might as well just, you know, live it up and, and celebrate and enjoy this while I can. Right. I hope you all feel the same way. Go Hawks. All right. Go Hawks. Enjoy this. Uh, have a great week. We're going to have everything covered, uh, obviously, already due at hawkeynation.com, And uh, I'll be doing, you know, opposition research podcasts. Trying to have his degenerate Hawkeyes podcast. Man, soak this stuff up, right? This is how I am this time of year, especially when I was good. I listened to, like, four Penn State podcasts last week. I don't know if there's any Purdue podcasts. I'm sure there are, but... Uh, and the number of Hawk, like great Hawkeye content out there right now from John Miller to David I to the, Regist- the Des Moines Register guys to you know Hawk Central. Um, everything we do here at Hawkeye Nation, KxML radio little plug there. Uh, it's just fun man. this is awesome. Enjoy it soak it in. Thank you for listening and go Hawks.